Take the Cake is about educating, informing, and entertaining you. It's not intended to diagnose or treat anything. And I want to also give a trigger warning to anyone who is easily triggered by topics about disordered eating and behaviors. Now let's get started. This is episode number two of the Take the Cake podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I hope you are doing amazing today. This episode is long overdue. I originally wanted to do a YouTube video about this topic, but I don't know. I just felt like the YouTube limits were there. You know, I felt like I, for some reason, I didn't want to do it on YouTube. So when I started the podcast, I knew I had to do this one because I think it's important and it's something that I think can inspire other people in a really profound way. So I wanted to talk about my experience with IOP, which is intensive outpatient, which is eating disorder treatment. And I wanted to just share my experience with it. I wanted to talk about why I decided to go and all that stuff. And then at the end, I'm going to answer a few questions I got on Instagram specifically about it. So let's back up and start with my journey to actually getting professional help in the first place. I am like a, the DIY kind of person, you know what I mean? Everything I do, I want to do it by myself, on my own, and I think that that's a very typical eating disorder personality because we obviously want to do everything by ourselves and have the control. So I wanted to recover on my own. I made the decision to recover on my own, which, you know, I had an eating disorder for 10 years plus. If you listen to my last episode, you'll know all about it. And I decided one day when I hit a wall that I was going to recover on my own. And it worked, you know, it worked for a little bit. And then the real world started happening. And I, within a few months of recovering on my own, I'm doing air quotes right now when I say that, I really started to relapse. And that's when I made the decision to start to see a therapist. And the therapist I ended up seeing, I found just because my insurance, you know, covered her specific practice and she also specialized in eating disorders. I am fortunate enough to live in Los Angeles where there's tons of specialists and eating disorder treatment centers and therapists. So I ended up seeing her for about a year and she helped me, but I felt like it wasn't enough. And I only saw her once a week and I felt like I was kind of lying to her sometimes. I was still feel, I felt like I was in quasi recovery. A lot of people ask me about quasi recovery. And I think we all know when we're in that mindset and in that space. And I definitely felt it when I was seeing her, she was a great therapist. I mean, I don't know why I felt like I had to lie to her. So maybe she wasn't that great of a therapist. No, I, it was me, right? Like I, I was the one who wasn't being completely honest. And so I ended up telling her about a couple relapse sort of things that I'd done, behaviors I had done. I stopped seeing her and I started to go to treatment. And the process of getting treatment is interesting. I think it's different for everyone. But for me, I started off like I did with my therapist, looking at my insurance and seeing which 
treatment facilities were covered by my specific insurance. And if you have health insurance, probably there's an option for you if you live in a city that has treatment facilities. That's kind of how I started to find which facilities I would go to. And I had a few in mind and I ended up choosing one that I felt like fit me really well. And I met the staff and I had a little tour there and it really, I felt very comfortable there. I liked what they stood for and I liked the model and it was just an overall feeling that I had. I was like, this feels good. I'm going to go ahead and go here. And that's kind of how I found my place. Really easy, really typical. I think a lot of people have bad experiences with treatment facilities and I was lucky enough to not have that. I met so many people in my treatment uh, facility that did have bad experiences, but you know, they didn't give up. They kept trying to find a good match for them, which I think is really important to know. Whether you're just seeing a therapist or a dietitian or a doctor, or you're actually getting professional treatment, there's always going to be people who you don't align with. And I think it's really important to keep trying, even though it's so exhausting. I think it's important to keep trying to find the person who you really work well with. So there's three types of treatment. There is residential, which means you live actually in the treatment facility, like on a campus. And there is also PHP, which means you're there all day, but you don't sleep there. And then there's IOP, which means you are there anywhere from three to five days a week for three hours a day, and you eat one meal there. At least that's what my facility was like. I know they're all different. For one of the hours, we ate lunch or dinner and prepped our meals and ate together. And for the other two hours, we either did some sort of group therapy or I would have a one-on-one with a dietitian or a therapist. So that's how it worked. It was the same calendar every week. So we had the same classes and I'm calling them classes, but more like group therapy sessions. We had the same topics of conversation and we did the same activities every single week. So like, let's say, you know, on Monday, if I decided to go in for lunch, like I would be going for an intuitive eating group and a nutrition science group, and then I would eat my food. That is basically the logistics of what it was set up like. And I should mention that I started off by doing five days a week. And then as I was starting to get better and heal, I would be bumped down to four days a week. And then a couple weeks before I discharged, I was only going for three days a week. It's interesting because when I first started IOP, I was like, I can definitely still live my life. I can still be a model and a commercial actress and have a social life and also go to treatment uh, three days, or sorry, three hours a day. And, and that didn't work. Like, I just was not able to do that. I think some people are because, you know, if they have a certain time frame where they work, if you work like nine to three, then you can for the rest of the day, you can do your treatment. But I think for most people, including myself, it's really important to take a break from work and really focus on treating yourself. I think it's really important to not have distractions of life when you're really trying to heal something that affects your life so much. So that is a really important point. It was so crucial for me to take a break from work, which I have never done in my life. It was the hardest part of treatment, I think, for me, really. I'm such a go-getter and I have so many ambitions and dreams and I really felt like my eating disorder was stopping my ambitions and dreams. So it was important for me to commit to treatment in that way. So yeah, that's important to know. That is basically the setup I had and I went for 12 weeks total, which actually some people go for 
I mean, I had new girls there and men who were there for like seven months or a year. And some people are only there for a couple months. So it depends on what you need. And while you're there, your treatment team will help you to understand like when you are able to discharge or how much longer you need. When I arrived, uh, the first day I did intake. So this is kind of what to expect. So you arrive the first day, you have intake, which means you go in and you basically tell them everything about your eating disorder story, what you need, your life. They ask you tons and tons of questions. And it's a really lengthy process, but it's really important for them to know you and know where to place you. And so I did the intake and then I ended up getting matched with a therapist there and a dietitian there. So in my treatment facility, there were many therapists and many dietitians and we got assigned to one of them based on our personalities and our experiences. So I felt really good about who I was matched with. I loved my therapist. I loved my dietitian so, so much. They were both so amazing. That's something to keep in mind too, is when you go to treatment versus when you go and see a therapist online that you pick, it's better, at least it was better for me because I felt like I was being matched with somebody. You know, it wasn't like, I had to do the gamble of finding somebody. It was nice that I was matched with somebody. If you go back to my YouTube channel, if you're a subscriber, there's a video called I'm Going to Treatment. And I encourage you to watch that video because I talk about why I decided to go and the reason behind it. I ended up recovering on my own, air quotes I'm using here. (laughs) And then I kind of felt like I still had the emotional component of my eating disorder, I still felt like it was a burden on my life, even though I was weight restored and even though I was eating enough, I still felt the burden of the past 10 years. You know, I still felt it really intensely and I felt like I wasn't equipped to know what to do when I were to relapse or if I were to relapse. We all know what it feels like to feel a relapse creeping in and it's really hard to stop it when it's doing its thing and I just felt like my eating disorder was a big shadow in my life so I really wanted to kind of crack the code of why I decided to engage in an eating disorder in the first place and that's why I decided to go to treatment and that's what I really took away from treatment is that clarity so I wanted to encourage you to watch that video if you haven't watched it yet if you still feel like you have like an eating disorder shadow in your life, then I really encourage you to check out treatment and continue listening to this episode. So now I want to talk about the group sessions and the group therapy and what that was like. So like I said, for most of the groups we had, like most of the time I was there, we were in group therapy. And we always had a process group, which is when you go in and you are all sitting in a circle. You start off by checking in with everyone and the There's a moderator there who's usually a therapist and she goes around and we just talk about what we're going through with each other. It's just what it sounds like. It's just a group to process how we're feeling and what we're doing. We had that every single day. And then we also had another group therapy that was more specific and was more like a topic. Some examples include intuitive eating, body acceptance, um, nutrition science. There was an art therapy class. And there was also a yoga class, which I loved. It was like a gentle yoga. It was like literally just stretching. But I loved doing that. It was every Friday. (laughs) And there were also several uh, DBT skill groups. So DBT is a type of behavioral therapy that's very focused on action and skill. We would spend, you know, 
time writing letters to our family and processing emotions and learning about why detoxes and cleanses are bullshit and all that stuff. So it was a really great opportunity to learn about eating disorders and you're on eating disorder every single day. You know, five days a week I was going learning about what my mind and body were doing and what I really needed to be doing instead. Also on Wednesday nights, I think it was Wednesday nights, we had a restaurant night. We would go in and somebody, like a dietitian usually, would pick a restaurant that we had to like order Postmates from. She would give us a menu and on the menu she was like, this will be, you know, pick something that is challenging for you or pick something that you really want. Try and be intuitive about it. So, you know, one week we'd go in and it would be Thai food and another week would be Indian food. Another week would be Italian food. So yeah, the benefits of the group sessions were that we had community, obviously, and advice from people who were going through the same thing. And, you know, you you get to know the people who you're with really well and, and vice versa. So they, I had a lot of friends there who would ask me questions about something I processed like three weeks ago and check up on how I was feeling. And that was really nice just to have that ongoing support. So that was like the group sessions, the group therapy. And now I want to talk about the individual sessions, which were my favorite. I mean, I think everyone would prefer like a one-on-one attention, but I loved my dietitian and my therapist so much. I thought that like, I just felt like it was a perfect match and it was really hands-on because the staff there at the treatment facility I went to only consisted of therapists and dietitians. So she already had a sense of my struggles and it was really cool because many of the staff members were actually former patients of the treatment facility or some treatment facility. Like many of them had a history with eating disorders or diet culture. So it was really encouraging to be around people who had overcome it and they were there because they were so inspired by their recovery. You know, they went back to school to become dietitians or therapists. I mean, not all of them, but my therapist did. And it was just a really cool dynamic to have. So now I'm going to talk about my dietitian who I just loved. We laughed so much. She was like my favorite person there. This is how it works. So I went in to see my dietitian every single week, like just like my therapist for one hour, once a week. And I got there and immediately I received a meal plan for my dietitian. And it was just like a basic meal plan that they give everyone. And she said, we're going to talk today and I'm going to get to know you and your struggles and what you need. And then next week, I'm going to have a new meal plan for you that's designed for you, that she adjusted it for what I needed. So everyone in the treatment facility had a different meal plan according to what they needed. And it wasn't like we shared that information. You know, it was more like me and my dietitian could have that relationship where every single week I would tell her what I was struggling with, what I liked about my meal plan that week, what I didn't like about it, the symptoms I was having, and she would adjust it according to what I wanted. I mean, granted, you know, she wouldn't adjust it so I would continue with an eating disorder, but she would always really listen to me and give me advice that I really appreciated. And she is the reason that I am not afraid of carbs anymore. She's the reason I really can eat intuitively and I just appreciate her so much. So seeing a dietitian was so important for me and I actually see a dietitian even still now, now that I'm not in treatment, 
it's a different person. I love her just as much, but it was just, it was really important for me to see a dietitian and have that experience in treatment. I seriously ate twice as many carbs and I really learned to trust my body when it comes to food. I just remember feeling like I was so full the entire time I was there. Over time, you know, it wasn't easy. Like I wasn't like, oh yeah, get me my meal plan. Like I'm gonna eat everything and I'm gonna have a perfect relationship with food. It was so challenging and so difficult. And there were times that I was like, shit, I don't wanna eat a snack right now because I'm still full from breakfast. Or I don't wanna eat three servings of starches like with every meal, like that's a lot, you know? So that's how our meal plans were designed. We had breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack. Like for example, I'm not gonna tell you exactly what my meal plan was. For breakfast, it would say, I'm supposed to have two to three servings of starches or carbs. Same, same thing, they just called it starches there. And then for my protein, I would have to have two to three servings of protein and one to two servings of fat and one to two servings of dairy and one serving of fruits and vegetables. The meal plan was designed to help us understand food better so that we could eventually intuitively eat. And sometimes I felt really silly. I mean, this whole treatment experience was one of the most humbling things I've ever done because I felt really silly. I don't know how many servings this is, like counting the servings of peanut butter and counting the servings of hummus and that wasn't a fun part of it but it definitely helped me learn to intuitively eat and understand what foods were doing for me and how foods were affecting my body in a good way. So that was basically my experience with treatment, the 101 sessions and the group therapy. So now I want to talk about the top lessons that I learned and I took away from my experience with treatment. Number one was saying no and not being such a freaking yes person. I really learned to set boundaries and set personal boundaries and social boundaries and I'm not good at that. So it was really nice to have somebody to basically force me to do that. Also learned how my issues with eating developed and how they were maintained. So a lot about my childhood roots and what I took from my childhood, you know, how I used my eating disorder as a coping mechanism and a distraction. I learned a lot about body neutrality and weight neutrality, and it really just helped me move up in my life. And like I said in the beginning, it helped me to push the shadow of my eating disorder away and really just fully understand where I am. It's like a, it's like closure, you know, it's like, it's like a breakup in closure. Like I felt like I needed to understand why me and why was it happening and what can I do to never let it happen again. So that was kind of what it did for me for sure. And some other points I wanted to mention are the cost and insurance. So if you have insurance, like I said, it's usually either free or you just pay like a small copay. If you don't have insurance, something to look into is that for my treatment facility, at least, they honored a scholarship system. So if you don't have insurance, if you can't afford it, definitely still reach out and ask them how they would feel about a scholarship system if they have anything like that. I was lucky enough to have that experience where I had the insurance, but I know that my treatment facility did offer a scholarship to a lot of the people who were there who didn't have the treatment, or sorry, who didn't have the insurance. My treatment facility included people of all ages, all body types, all genders, all types of specific eating struggles. You know, not everybody there was like underweight and anorexic. That's not how it was. Before getting admitted, I had to get medical clearance. So I had to have a complete physical, 
which include a DEXA scan, which is a bone density scan, a metabolic panel, electrolyte balances, and all that jazz, which was really interesting, honestly. And last but not least, I know that a lot of eating disorder facility treatment centers offer support groups that you can go to even after you discharge on a weekly basis if you feel like you still want that community and need that support, which I think is a really good, amazing resource. Treatment for me was so humbling. You know, I mean, my entire YouTube channel, my entire podcast, it's humbling because there are so many nights that I think I don't want to be the girl who's known as the eating sort of girl. I have a modeling career that I feel like I'm jeopardizing. No, there I have a lot of insecure thoughts about my decision to be so open and vulnerable about my eating disorder. I really do. That's me being completely honest. And obviously I still feel called to share and to be open and vulnerable, but going to treatment and being open about going to treatment has been one of the most humbling things that I've ever done because I went feeling so weak. Like I felt like, wow, I am literally asking strangers to hold my hand. And at first it was really difficult for me to do that. But as I was there and as I really decided to surrender my eating disorder, that's when I really felt like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I could look at my dietitian. I could look at my therapist. I could give them my struggles and they would hold it for me and hold space for me, hold my hand, you know, hold my hand through the entire process. So it was so important for me to go to treatment with a mindset of, I am going to surrender my eating disorder to these people. Like I am going to give them everything I have. I'm gonna be honest, I'm gonna be open, I'm gonna share what I feel, I'm not gonna hold back, and I'm going to be vulnerable and surrender. If you are in a mind space right now where you feel like you don't need treatment, you don't deserve treatment, you'll never get better. Like, so if you have these questions in your mind, I want to encourage you to lean in on them and take action. Whether that means going to a support group, seeing a therapist, seeing a dietitian, or actually committing to treatment, which was what I needed to do. Do I still have these eating disorder thoughts in my mind? How can I surrender them? How can I utilize people who professionally go to school to become therapists and dietitians to really give those struggles away to them. That's what they're there for. That's what they do best. And it saved my life. It really helped me so much. So now I'm going to answer some questions I got on Instagram about treatment specifically. If you would like to get in on the next one, be sure to follow me on Instagram and I'll leave the link down below. But somebody asks, how do you know to choose a certain treatment slash facility, what did you look for? Like I said in the beginning, if you have health insurance, I'd start off by calling them and seeing which treatment facilities they offer. Then you can take that smaller list probably and you can schedule tours. So you can go in and meet the people, get an idea of what the facility is like. Most of the time, somebody would go in and do a tour and they would end up having like a good feeling or a bad feeling and you can just act on that. Okay, somebody asked, how many meals had you have to eat a day? What was the meal system like? So we had breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack. 
It was difficult for me because it was a lot of food. At least I thought it was until I learned that I wasn't eating enough. But it was okay for me. Um, it's not okay for everyone, and that's definitely something that you would work out with your dietitian. I really enjoyed learning about what my body needed, and so I love challenging myself, and I love learning about food, so it was definitely a good experience overall for me. Somebody said, I don't have access to specialist eating disorder treatment where I live. What can I do? This is where the internet is a beautiful thing. I would say go on to Google and search eating disorder support groups near me. If there aren't any near you, like Project Heal, or if you can't find any um, through like any treatment facilities, then I would say join like an online support group. I think that would be the thing I would do. I'm sure there are many for you. There's also online therapy. If you don't have online support groups, then check out like online therapy groups because I know those are a thing as well. Also, there's eating disorder recovery coaches. I know a lot of them do like Skype calls, so that's something you could also consider. Somebody said, what is the transition like from being dependent on treatment to personal independence? So this is a great question. When I was discharging, which means when I was leaving, I received several referrals from, from my dietitian and from my therapist. That's the transition that most people would say you need. And then plus you can go to support groups, like I said. So there's definitely not, they don't just like leave you high and dry. You know, I had several referrals and if, even if I didn't, like, I think I had five for each, even if I didn't find somebody within those five, they still had plenty more to give me. Someone said, if you had various groups of therapies like DBT, CBT, which did you find most helpful? So we actually didn't have CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. We only had DBT, but I really enjoyed DBT. There were literally so many, what's the one I use the most? Dear Man. So if any of you guys are familiar with DBT, Dear Man was like changed my life. And if you ever need to confront somebody about a situation and you don't know how, Google Dear Man DBT and you'll understand what I mean. But I really enjoy DBT a lot. Someone said, do you eat there? If so, what do you eat? So yeah, so you eat either lunch or dinner there and sometimes snacks, depending on if you're IOP or PHP. And I was IOP, so I only had one meal there, but we all brought our own food in or had it delivered. And we would go to the kitchen and the dietitian would check off our meal. So we would have a certain meal plan and then we would bring food for that meal plan and we would show our dietitian, like I would say, here's my protein, here's my two servings of fat, here's my whatever. And she would check it off and say, okay, you're good to go. Um, it felt really silly, another really humbling thing I had to do. But um, yeah, that's what we did. How do you trust your treatment team when your meal plan seems like too much food? Yeah. Um, well, you just have to do it. <laughs> I also was in that mindset. Just remember that you are there to learn how to eat again. Going all in, eating as much as my body wanted was really important for me in the beginning. So just remember that this is a temporary time for you to relearn how to eat. And it's really important that you eat in surplus in order to do that, especially if your dietitian wants you to. But yeah, it was really difficult for me to trust my treatment team sometimes when they gave me a big meal plan. But hey, I survived and you can too. <laughs> Someone said, how to fully commit and stop weighing yourself. 
for me, it was just important to fully commit by always being honest with my treatment team and myself. That was like a big shift for me. And how to stop weighing yourself, throw your scale away. That's what I would say. So I said, what is it like when you're not underweight? Most of the people there weren't underweight. So most of the people who have eating disorders aren't necessarily underweight either. So it's totally fine. Someone said, hardest part overall and how to overcome fear of judgment from others. Sometimes I would go in there and I would feel like, what am I doing here? Like, I don't need to be here. I don't need to be spending three hours a day here. I don't want to be eating dinner here. I want to be eating dinner at home with my husband. Like there were so many times I felt that. And for me, I just was like, this is like boot camp for making sort of like, this is what I have to do. And I am no better than anyone else in this world. And there's no reason for me to not be here. Like I had to set my ego aside. I mean, I always have to set my ego aside. I don't know. I felt like for the most part, the judgment, I didn't feel a lot of judgment from others. And if I did, I would talk about it with my therapist. And I did. There were times that I felt like weird around other people. And I would talk about it with my therapist. Okay. I am going to wrap it up here. It's getting a little bit long. Thank you so much for listening and for honoring yourself. And I really hope this encouraged you to consider taking the next step if you feel like you should and if you feel called to. And I'll see you on the next episode. Bye guys.